Three to one is the score. Here's the pitch to Hughes. Deep fly yep. ball towards left. Way back. And it's gone. A grand slam for Chris Hughes. And Central leads five to three. Hello, Central fans. I'm Trevor Castle. That was a much younger voice of the Dutch with the call of the Salem Slam 20 years ago this month that propelled the Central College softball team to the 2003 National Championship. On this episode of the award-winning Dutch Memories podcast, we'll take a look back at the coast-to-coast journey that ended with the program's fourth title. Central was just two years removed from a 2001 NCAA runner-up finish, and the senior class had averaged 39 wins over their first three seasons. Those four seniors were Hughes, an outfielder, pinch runner Mary Vandehoof, and pitchers Libby Heisel and April Miller. All four were back on campus last month, along with many of their teammates, to connect with this year's team as part of a 20th anniversary celebration. I was able to catch up with all four for this podcast, as well as Coach George Wares, who says that 2003 started with sky-high expectations. They committed to it. I think the off-season work ethic with the returners and then in the fall, which we always do, but I think there was more of an urgency to you know, get the new players connected and, you know, figure out what kind of role some of those people are going to have and make sure they understood what we're all about. And, you know, like every other team, you have your growing pains and that you could, you could sense uh, as a coach that uh, you were talking with some really mature seniors and they were trying to relay that message uh, to all the other people that were going to be a part of it. And we knew we had a chance to have a magical run. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I, I knew we were going to win, especially the way that we did, but Clearly, we thought we had a possibility of of doing that. Winning a national championship is a stated goal every year at Central, and both Miller and Vandehoof remember buying in. One big thing for for me was at the very beginning of the season, Coach sent us all an email and said, I need you guys to send me your goals for the year. And I think that he always instilled in us that – we need to think bigger and we need to, you know, like if you don't think the highest from the start, then, you know, like you're not going to get there. Like, cause in the past I'd always been like, Oh, you know, I want to have so many strikeouts. I want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't about that. My senior year, it was, you know, like I sent him an email and I'm like, I want to be a national champion and I want to be an all American plain and simple, you know, and I achieved both those things. And, you know, I mean, if you don't think big, you're not going to get there. I believe that for four years. I mean, my freshman year, I just remember, like, I didn't know much about, I didn't have much of a history with central softball. And that was just the expectation. It was the way that we talked, the way that we believed from day one of the season. And so that to me wasn't unique to the 2003 team. That's, that's, I think, a pretty unique thing about central softball and something that has been built when there's the tradition that has existed, when there's been as much winning as there has been over the course of the program. And so it certainly was something we were talking about from day one. The Dutch bolted out of the gates with a 10-0 spring break trip to California, winning eight of the 10 games by three runs or more, something Vandehoof remembers fondly. That's always what you want to do. You know, you wanted to win every game there and um, take them one at a time. But, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we didn't want to lose. I mean, I really remember thinking, like, I can't imagine why we would ever lose. While it was all sunshine and roses on the field, Vandehoof says that spending a full week with a group as big as a softball team, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, brought some issues to light that they had to work through together. 
I also remember on that spring trip, we had a like wonky phase where like there were some after games, it was like, okay, this group's going to do this kind of, this group's going to do that. And we just like addressed the things that needed to be addressed in the moment. I remember Libby and April came up to me and Chris and were like, you guys are being annoying. Like you're not involving us in decisions. We don't really feel a part of it. Like we want to be able to be more cohesive. And like, I'm so grateful they did that. Those are hard things to do to a teammate and things to say. And um, I think it was uh, little things like that, that allowed us to see like, yeah, we want to do this together. We want this to be special. And that takes a lot of courage to say that. And the whole team then sat in a room and was like, what could stand in our way? And let's get that stuff out here and talk about it and keep moving forward as a team. The Dutch kept it rolling on a weekend trip to St. Louis in late March with three more victories before finally taking their first L in the last game of the trip. You know, we're undefeated going uh, into St. Louis and played a really good Washington team. And I think we lost like two to one. And, you know, you, you never know after whatever straight to begin the season. And you just don't know how teams are going to respond. I mean, we weren't overly concerned. Well, we came back and then we had a doubleheader against a, a ranked uh, Truman State D2 team. And we ended up losing the first one there in a close game, then won the second one. And I think that was the starting point of being convinced. You know, we just we just didn't, it didn't phase us, you know, when we lost two straight and, and then had a really good winning game too. Central's only blemishes the rest of the regular season were a one nothing loss in 15 innings against Coe, a 0-0 tie against Simpson when they ran out of daylight, and a 3-2 loss to Wartburg in the final game of the regular season after they'd already clinched the Iowa Conference crown by winning the first game of that doubleheader. All told, Central went 32-4-1. In 20 of those 37 games, Central pitchers shut out the opponent and they allow just one run in eight games. That's over 75% of the regular season games where Dutch opponents were held to one run or less. Heisel and Miller were a dynamic duo at the top of the rotation, combining for a 31-1 record, including the postseason. Miller fulfilled her goal of being named an All-American, as was Heisel, who was also the Honda Award winner as the Division Three Female Athlete of the Year. I just remember if I was off, she was on. Whoever was out there, we knew was going to get the job done. Yeah. As long as you hit your pitch and never call coach off. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just a different feeling that year. Yeah. In all other years. I mean, we tried hard every year, but the senior year, I think we just finally let everything go. And we just knew, like, okay, if I'm out there, I'm going to do my best. Same with her. Yeah. And, I mean, I struggled um, a lot my junior year. It was it was my rough year and so I think that I just like was renewed and you know ready to like turn it all back around my senior year and you have to rely on each other because you're not gonna have like she said we're not gonna have our good days all the time I mean you're it's impossible there's yeah I mean and in pitching you know there's a lot going on in your head and everything else and so to keep it all on track I mean it was awesome having a great team behind us and um, us you know being a, a dynamic duo together that we you know we're able to have each other's back so the regular season is in the books central's 32 four and one They've won one of the toughest conferences in the country. They're ranked in the top five. All that's left is to learn their postseason fate. After we uh, won against Warburg and won the league, we just assumed we were going to be hosting. You know, and you know, I was going through all the different scenarios of who might be sent to Pella, 
And then uh, a friend who's on the NCAA committee, he was the one that was going to call, and I talked to him beforehand, jokingly. I told him, I said, well, just get us away from all these Iowa teams, you know, because I, I didn't want to see Warburg again. I think Cole got in that year maybe, and I didn't want to see them. And so we're waiting, and unlike today where we have the Monday afternoon TV show where everybody's watching, our players are literally camping out for like five hours, you know, in a, in a classroom. And then we finally get the call, and we go in and tell him. So it was a little before midnight. The gentleman I'm referring to calls, and he said, good news, coach. And I said, oh, we're in. He laughed. I said, no, better news. Uh, I got you away from all the Iowa teams. I said, that's great. Where are we going? He said, you're going to Pacific Lutheran. I said, the number one team in the country? I said, that's a favor? And so, I, I mean, I thought he was joking, you know. And so we go in and tell our players, and, I mean, they're kind of distraught, not so much that it's like, oh, we got to play Pac-Lou. It's, it's like their families were anticipating, you know, watching, and you don't have a very quick turnaround, you know. So all of a sudden, instead of driving to Pell, Iowa, from wherever you're from, and mostly Iowa players, uh, they had to, okay, how are we going to get flights, you know, this late to Tacoma, Washington? And, and so there it is, you know, and then we start studying more. And, you know, when, when we first did a little scouting report, I went in and told them, I said, hey, Good news is we're going to a really nice complex, really fun part of the country. Uh, they're gonna, they love softball. You're gonna have good crowds. They're, it's a sophisticated fan base. They're gonna understand the game. They're gonna appreciate how we play. And they all kind of smile. <laughs> What's the bad news? Well, they haven't lost in five years, and the pitcher that's gonna throw against us has never lost in her home field, and she's gonna throw both times if we play them twice. Vandehoof and Hughes recall how they felt hearing about the postseason draw. There was definitely some disbelief and like, oh, this wasn't the way we scripted it. We planned to be at home for this. And so it was, you know, having to get over that little hump. I remember thinking coach was joking. I, I mean, he came in and told us that we were going out there and I was like, you're kidding. I, I mean, we just like, yeah, just was hard to believe. And then, okay, you get over it and you take it on. And, and that was, it almost made us feel like that little bit of maybe like chip on our shoulders, like, oh, you're going to send us mm-hmm. out here. Let's go, you know, and like, let's get it done. And um, it almost kind of, I think, served as a little bit of fuel to go show what we can do and not be afraid. And just how we responded to that too. Like, oh, here's a little bit of adversity. Let's go even harder. Central started the regional with a 5-1 win over East Texas Baptist before what turned into a best-of-three series against the Lutes. The Dutch won the opener 2-1 in eight innings before earning a trip to Nationals with a 2-0 shutout in Game 2. You know, we just had a phenomenal two games against them and just played, you know, from top to bottom as about as well as you can play. Obviously, our defense and pitching and made some really... You know, the strikeout total wasn't as much. And to be honest, Libby was not a strikeout pitcher. I mean, she wasn't, wasn't. She had about six a game, and, and Paclou's going to cut that number down a little bit the way they swing the bat. And we just made some really good plays and were very opportunistic uh, offensively and got some timely hitting and base running and were able to, to win it. And, you know, w- when you think about winning the national and, and some of the other stuff we had to do to, to win the league, you know, it, it's really kind of surreal when you think about what I just said, you know, five straight years they haven't lost a home game, and, and this pitcher was so good. And uh, she goes from her career, she was a senior, 40-whatever, and oh, at home to 40-2, and two, you know, and, and we give her both losses. And so it was an incredible run, and, and we got a lot of praise from their parents, which was probably about as special as anything, and really appreciated. Uh, uh, they were disappointed, but really appreciated the good softball that they saw in the regional. 
From the regional in Tacoma, Washington on the West Coast, Central was headed way east to Salem, Virginia for the NCAA tournament. Heisel and Miller have a fond memory of an impromptu graduation ceremony during their short pit stop in Pella in between. So we were back for just a short time before we went to Salem, and we had like just a two-hour. Our parents showed up. Yep. Coach somehow got our diplomas. Yeah, we had black black plastic sacks, sacks over. Uh-huh. You know, those were our gowns, and then I think we had party hats and yeah. <laughs> on and, we and like just give it to us. We got bigger things ahead. Yep. <laughs> thankful for that, though. I mean, yeah. thankful for the diploma and everything Central gave us. But yes, we were, had big things on our mind. Yeah. After knocking off the number one team in the country on the road, Wares and the Dutch were oozing confidence as they prepared for nationals. When you pitch it like we did and defend like we did, you know, you can be pretty confident. But I think that took it over the top because I think if they were really honest, because they would have read about Pac Lou, and if they were, they'd said, okay, this may be about as bad a break as we could have caught, you know, to have to play this team on their home field. And so the confidence level, wherever it was, if it, can it went up even more to because those were not disrespecting anybody we played in the league or anybody we played in california or other non-conference we played some really good teams but those were two of the most incredible wins that this program's ever had vandehoof was chosen as central's representative to speak at the ncaa banquet on the eve of the tournament and she called her shot we had gone in 2001 and we took the whole team up to do a cheer and then that got banned. So I was like, okay, I've been up here. I've heard these speeches before. And I kind of remembered the way that most teams did. They kind of get up and recap the season and share a few stats. And it's just kind of like boring. So I remember getting up there and I just said, okay, I know, you know, I could come up here and share all the stats and talk through our season, but that's going to be boring for you. And we all know that story. So a lot of teams want to say, you know, Hey, we're happy to be here and excited. And that's just not us. We came here to win it. And it was a, maybe a bit of a cocky thing to say, but we be, I believed it, and I just wanted to be different than other teams. And then, you know, seven more teams proceeded to go up and say, <laughs> well, we started our season in Macon, Georgia, and we've done this, and we've won this many games, and, like, kind of did the exact thing that I called out for potentially being boring. So it definitely added a little bit of flavor, and uh, I don't know what came over me, but Coach just said, you're on, and decided to kind of, I think, show what our program was, which was about belief and was about not sugarcoating and not saying, you know, not being phony. It was like, that's what I believed. And that's what I uh, thought would represent our team and where we were at. Central used small ball and pitching to overwhelm Western New England in the opening game, 7-0, then put up their first real dud of the season in rainy conditions in round two, a 6-0 loss to Salisbury. Not disrespecting the team that beat us, but this is not who we are. And it's a fair thing to say because it had not happened all year to have that kind of meltdown. Libby pitched poorly. We defended poorly. I coached poorly. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Things just weren't clicking like they had been for the other 40-whatever games. And and then I, I think the ultimate break that we got was the rain out the next day. I, I think we would have been fine without it. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't have had to play three in one day. But I think that extra 24 hours, you know, being together and just kind of now all of a sudden we're the underdog, right? And, and we just flipped roles and said, let's just, you know, go out. And, and if you ever really believe in one pitch at a time, it, it was this. Central now needed five straight victories for a national championship. And it would have to be done in two days after an all-day deluge caused the third day of the tournament to be washed out. The red and white started day four with a 2-1 win over conference rival Wartburg, then won another one-run game, 3-2 over Emory of Georgia, 
before pulling away from Illinois Wesleyan 8-3 to earn a trip to the finals for a rematch with Salisbury. The Dutch needed two more victories for the title, while the Seagulls only had to win once. The first game was an old-school thriller with two All-Americans going pitch for pitch. Heisel for Central against Salisbury freshman Lacey Lister. The Dutch scratched out a 1-0 win using a short game staple to get the game's only run. The shortstop Garland aware of that possibility. Yeah, cheating a little bit toward third now, which opens up the middle for Bree if she can just dump it. The outfield wisely pulled in. Kuiper going to bunt, lays it down perfectly. The throw to first is dropped, and here comes Dijak, the Dutch lead by a run. Well, there's, there's going to be an error. The question is whether they're going to score to hit in an error. Get all the way. Dijak was coming all the way. The green light was on. one nothing Central as the Dutch finally get to Lacey Lister. That set up a winner-take-all championship game, Central's fifth in two days. It was Heisel against Lister again, but Libby ran out of gas early. April Miller was lifted after multiple illegal pitches, and sophomore Corey Schmidt ran into trouble. The Dutch trailed 3-0, and Wares went to seldom-used freshman Amanda Wilson to try to steady the ship. This is the truth, you know, Sam sitting there, and, and I obviously, I coached Amanda, right? But, you know, you get to the point in the heat of the moment, and I said, get, get, get. And I, I said, number whatever, you know. And, uh, and it was Amanda. And Amanda's not a bad pitcher, you know, let, let's be straight on that. And, and she's different, you know, she does not throw it as hard. She has really good off-speed stuff. And she, we felt like maybe an inning, you know, she could kind of keep them off balance and uh, give Libby some rest. And then we were probably going to re re-enter her. And um, as, as she's pitching, you can say, well, she might give us more than that. And, and it's weird how it works, you know, you're... you're you're Salisbury and you're thinking, okay, we've got her. You know, we beat High Soul the first time. She kind of got us the second time. And now you can see it, you know, like we've, we've gotten to her. We've already scored and all that. And, and then all of a sudden this kid comes in and I'm sure they're looking at the stats. You know, we do that and said, what's, what are her numbers? And there aren't any, you know, and all of a sudden she's out there pitching the national championship game. And, you know, she gave us everything and she flat out, that game was the reason we won because you know, obviously Chris hit the home run, but without her doing what she did, we may have needed much more offense than, than just that home run. Heisel and Miller both had confidence that Wilson would get the job done. It was all buying into everything we've talked about all season. You yeah. step up when you need to step up and you do your job. She got in there, went through the lineup, which is what her goal was to do. She was slower than us, but very accurate. And um, she hit her spot. She did everything she was asked to do. And as pitchers and older pitchers, like that meant a lot to us that she could step in and do that. And, I mean, gave us a break. And, and us, you know, being such a close team and even my freshman year I remember I mean you buy in and you're, it's all you know it's all you think about and I remember the the end of my freshman year I went home 
I mean, I, it took me a long time to get over it. Like, I was devastated. Like, in my mind, that was not supposed to end the way it did. And it was crushing. But that's what we instilled in Amanda and Corey, you know, them coming up as younger pitchers behind us to buy in and be part of our core group and to be able to step in when when they needed to be. I remember the crowd being a little quiet. I remember him thinking, like, what is Coach doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, as players, we knew. We were relaxed. We knew what she had to do. Wilson kept the Dutch in the game, down 3 nothing, but they still needed to find a way to score at least four runs. Through 18 innings against Lister, Central had mustered just one. Then came the improbable fifth inning. Sarah Tuttle ended an 0-for-13 drought at Nationals with a leadoff hit. Holly Edwards drew the first walk of the day against Lister, and Kristen Wares won a nine-pitch battle with a single to load the bases. But then Beth Peterson and Ann Legg both popped out. And now Bree Kuyper steps up, and the bases are still loaded. They had the bases loaded and nobody out, and now it's bases loaded, two outs, and it's still 3 to nothing, Salisbury. First pitch to Kuyper is a strike. No balls and a strike to Kuyper, the pitch. And she slaps it fair down the third baseline. Dijak will score. And Edwards holds tight at third with the left fielder, Elsie, playing way in. But the Dutch are on the board. And guess who? Chris Hughes coming to the plate. Well, Bud, I know you like to quote people, but the late, great Mel Allen used to say, well, how about that? How about that? Probably the last kid you want up there with the bases loaded because of what she does with two outs as a slapper. She gets the base hit to keep the inning going. And here's, and here's the senior with him sacked just like yesterday. Bases full. Edwards at third, Wears at second, and Kuiper at first. Three to one is the score. Here's the pitch to Hughes. Deep fly yep. ball towards left, way back, and it's oh, a grand slam for Chris Hughes and Central lead five to three. Do you believe it? Yes. Kuiper and Hughes all score on Chris Hughes' grand slam in the bottom of the fifth inning. Somebody script this for Hollywood. We've got two more to go. But boy, that feels better than being down three. <laughs> give credit to Kuiper for extending that inning. Yep. She doesn't do it. It doesn't give Hughes the opportunity right. to hit the big one. Somehow, the big one feels like a massive understatement. Chris Hughes delivered one of the greatest moments in Central Athletics history. My teammates had done their jobs and gotten on base, and coach asked me to shorten up um, just really to get the ball in, ball in play. And I swung, and I, it went out. So it, it felt great. I didn't really know it was going over, 
So I was just still running really hard. And then when I saw the crowd go crazy, then I knew. Wares was a little surprised that Hughes got another crack at Lister. You know, you always think, try to think like the other coaches, you know, what, and I thought for sure they were going to make a pitching change because their number two was a solid pitcher. But, but then I, re- okay, are you really going to take your all-American stud to go to your number two? And, and you know, hindsight, I think they probably wish they would have because uh, we had seen her quite a bit now. And, and as you said, we had only scored now two runs in two games, but we've seen her three times and, and every at-bat was getting a little more favorable. You know, we were running the count a little bit deeper. We were staying off the rise a little bit more. And, you know, base hit there, we probably score two to tie it or, or at least make it three to two. And just getting one more run there, you know, it keeps us in the game. But, you know, shortened up and caught a fastball and that maybe was a little more across the plate than Lister wanted. And, you know, when it left, uh, Chris said she didn't know in her mind. She just started sprinting, and I, I had a pretty good idea. And I'm watching, I'm watching the other three that are on base, and it's like the different reactions. You know, because they're two outs, so they want to run because they don't want to get caught. And if it doesn't go out, but they want to see it go out. And so I think they all watched it go out, and then just kind of almost came to the plate all three uh, in in a row, waiting for Chris. But yeah, what what a moment! What a moment! But it wasn't over. Central had to get six more outs for the title, and Wares went back to his ace to finish it out. If you're wondering, I mean, Coach Wares may have a conference or two left to come talk to Libby, but there's no other option. They've burned Schmidt, they've burned Miller, and they've burned Wilson. It's Heisel or bust for the Dutch. She's thrown, what, 150 pitches now, bud? Yep. Oh, the runner on second right now means nothing. No. So if you're outfield, you're just shooting in, keeping the, the trail runners out of scoring position as much as you possibly can. First and second, Rosie Alley, 0 of 2, two strikeouts and an intentional walk. She struck out by Heisel and she struck out by Wilson. Here's the pitch. Up and inside for a ball, one and one. I don't think anybody expected Salisbury to go quietly. I, too good a ball club to, to pass on it. And their first four, front four hitters, I mean, the key right now is getting the leadoff kid. They're, they're that good. 5-3 central, a 1-1 count. Heisel deals to Alley, and she gets the corner for strike two. Not a bad situation here. We've got three forces in the infield. Infield at normal depth with a left-hander at the plate. One ball, two strikes. The pitch, tap back to Heisel. Smart play right over to first base for the out. Garland will move to third. Mullenix will move to second. And Heisel gets the out, 1-3. Now, Christy Schaefer, she had a two-RBI single off of Heisel Saturday night. She's got a single, has reached on a fielder's choice, and a ground out here. We're down to the final out from Central's fourth national championship. Heisel to Schaefer with two on, gets the strike on the outside corner. Dutch looking to do what uh, what no team has done before, claw their way from this far back to win the national championship. That one outside, 
in 88 Central lost its second game and had to fight back and win four straight games. It was just a six-team tournament at the time. It's an eight-team tournament now, and they've needed to win five in a row to win the title. Here is the 1-1 pitch. Inside and high. And it's ball two, two, and one. Once again, bud, that fooled everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it looked good from here. Just because the batter punches away doesn't mean it's not a strike. Here comes the 2-1 pitch from Heisel. That one gets the corner and it's 2-2. Two, two. Five to three Dutch. Top of the seventh inning. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Libby Heisel against Christy Schaefer. Heisel rocks and fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. A fairy tale ending as Central College beats Salisbury five to three for their fourth national championship. No more fitting an end than Libby Heisel blowing it by Christy Schaefer. Strike three, and the Dutch are national champions. Heisel vividly remembers battling to the very end to get that final out. I mean, it's obviously been 20 years, but I remember looking over and seeing Salisbury on third base and my pitches not going where I wanted them to go and getting a little worried, but yet looking around going, okay, okay, we can do this deep breath. Like every pitch, I'm like, crap, that did not go how I was hoping it would go. And then all of a sudden, I don't think I'd thrown a rise ball all tournament because it hadn't been working. And I get that sign and I was like, thank you, Jesus. I know this is going to be good. <laughs> so, and then threw it and it worked and we were out. And pandemonium ensued. Celebrations all around, which Hughes remembers from her spot in right field. I actually knew she was going to throw a rise ball because I had been visualizing it. And as soon as Kristen gave me the, the sign at second base, I'm like, oh, yeah, I just knew it. And she threw a rise ball and she swung and I was like, yes. <laughs> so I, and I ran up and hugged Annie, Annie Breeze because uh, we had uh, planned that. And for Vandehoof, who'd believed this moment would happen for the last four years, it was an unexpected mix of emotions. It was one of those things, though, that was so much different than I pictured because I, it was excitement, top of the world. But it was almost also for me as a senior, like instant sadness that it was over, you know. So it was just like um, whether it ends with a win or ends with a loss, like when it's over, it should hurt so bad. And I just didn't expect that hurt to also be like a part of that on the field moment. But it, it, it hit. Both of those things were hitting at the same time of mm -hmm. like, we did it and just the being so proud and so excited and on top of the world, but also mixed with it's over and that being pretty devastating. Wares had been to the proverbial top of the mountain three times before and says that the thrill of victory never gets old. Of course, as a coach, extremely happy. And of course, you know, seeing what they went through uh, after that. I mean, that team did not have a ton of struggle in the season in terms of winning and losing. And we, we were pretty much on cruise control, even though we had some close games. And But the first sign of real struggle on the field, we had some off the field issues like every team has throughout the year. But uh, on the field was when we lost at Salisbury, you know, and uh, to be able to bounce back the way they did, you know, you just kind of sit back as a coach and, and that's what I did I, I went to the dugout pretty quickly and just watched everybody else hug and celebrate and felt pretty good about it and then obviously having a daughter on the team as a freshman uh, you can't write it much much better than that 
My thanks to Coach George Wares and seniors Chris Hughes, Libby Heisel, April Miller, and Mary Vandehoof of the 2003 National Championship Central College softball team. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dutch Memories Podcast. We'll have a new episode every month or two featuring a player, coach, game, team, or moment in Central College's storied athletic history. You can subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so you never miss an episode, or just check the podcast section at KNIAKRLS.com. Dutch Memories is a KNIAKRLS production. I'm Trevor Castle, and go Dutch!